0: Said there's two kinds of men in this world And you're neither of them That's right, folks, there are two kinds of men in this world And J.R. Richardson is neither of them I was pretty excited uh, Jason Isbell was all scheduled to play a concert um, Right here in Boone, of all places, right on campus uh, About two weeks from today, I think And so I was pretty excited to go And then the Red Death, uh, the, uh, the Black Plague Old Captain Trips came along, and basically hit the reset button on all of civilization, and ergo, no concert. But whatever. Um, so, uh, welcome to this week in Fake Ball. Today is June the fourth, two thousand twenty, and this is uh, this is episode five of this week in Fake Ball. What is uh, this week in Fake Ball? How best to describe it? Uh, you know, that's a double-edged sword. You know. <laughs> It's kind of like watching your mother-in-law go off a cliff in a Cadillac. (laughs) You know, you you got mixed feelings. Yep, something like that. Anyway, uh, this week in fake ball uh, is your primary source of RBA news views and perhaps a snooze. I say primary source because it is the only source I know of that is free from the malign influence of the human holocaust that we know as uh, Commissioner J.R. Richardson. So you're welcome for that. Uh, let's see. I am your voluble, if not exactly valuable, host, uh, Arizona Greenbacks GM Jeff Hobbs, and uh, whew, I've actually got more to cover than I thought I would. I kind of thought this would be a, a somewhat light episode of Fake Ball, but there's actually a lot of stuff, and I'm going to kick everything off with uh, this is a, this is a first. I'm going to kick everything off with some RBA trivia. How about that? So RBA trivia time, it's audience participation time. Uh, this popped into my head, I don't know, maybe a week ago, not really sure, uh, but, uh, but here's, uh, I'll go ahead and set this up for you. I'm going to take you back just a couple of months to RBA weekend. As we all know, the Dunedin Clear Blues won, they, uh, they won the championship, they stormed through the playoffs, and uh, finishing with a playoff record of eight and one. No team in the history of the RBA has gone undefeated through the playoffs. Only one other team in RBA history has gone 8 and 1 in the playoffs. So the trivia question is fairly simple. Which team was that? What what is the only other RBA team in history to go to have gone eight and one in the playoffs? So I'll be thinking about that, I suppose. And then I'll come back to it at the end of this podcast if I remember. I will try to. All right. Um, so let's move on to uh, to the 2020 season. We are a month in, roughly. Uh, Thirty games in for Arizona. I've got a little bit of news. I played. Um, not, not major news by any stretch, but I did play my series. I have not yet sent out the file, but I just played my series against uh, Silver City. And um, boy, I wonder, how the, I wonder how the Arizona Greenbacks 2020 season is going. I wonder if there's something that could represent that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, anyway, we are in free fall we are uh we are in free fall, it's sad to say, but uh you know what we got lucky last season. We're getting unlucky this season. It's also still very early on uh basically, I played my series against Silver City, and uh, we won the first game, and that was it. Well, they beat us in games two, three, four, and five here in Arizona. It did not go well at all after that first game, so we are now eleven and nineteen through 30 games. So I don't want to get too depressed about this because um, we are only 30 games in. Uh, it's very easy to get out over your skis, as they say, in the early days of uh, of the baseball season. I remember, just as a quick aside, I actually remember, uh, God, this must have been the year 2004, something like that. We were about a month into the major league season, and uh, Matt Cooper, the the esteemed Matt Cooper, sent out an email offering up a bunch of his players. And these were complete no-name players who had had like a good April. And I'm sure he was asking, you know, for your firstborn for these players. The only player I can remember offhand was Damian Miller. Damian Miller for sale. Give me everything you have. He's hitting three oh seven. Uh, you know, 25 games into the season or whatever. Uh, I don't think he got any offers, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, Back in those days, Pete Allen was always skulking around, looking to to deal whatever foreign players he had acquired by accident. So maybe Cooper got a bite or two. I'm not sure. But anyway, the point here is that it's obviously easy to get, uh, (laughs) to place a little too much emphasis on the early, early part of the season. We are... We are less than a fifth of the way through, but eleven and nineteen is a pretty awful start. Okay, so that's about it for uh, twenty twenty. I should mention congratulations to Champ Atlanta. They started out; they started out, I think, two and thirteen, and they're now uh, eleven and fourteen, something like that. They're like eight and one in their or nine and one in their last ten, something like that. So they were looking in like they were in really bad shape <clears throat> again, even knowing that it was early in the season. But they've bounced back in a big way. I have a worse record than Elm Grove. That is a problem. Uh, Okay, let's see. Here's what I'm gonna do. The next segment of this this program is going to be talking about the year 2002. So just to very quickly refresh your memories. Uh, Two months ago, I decided to reboot the Replay series. Uh, Long story short, I wanted to have more accurate replay results just simply because I felt it was important to put lineups and rotations in for the teams. JR and I did not do this the first time. This was like a decade ago. This was uh this was 2011 when we ran the first set of uh replays. Turns out that lineups and rotations matter a lot. I knew they would matter, but they matter probably even more than I would have guessed. Uh so so I re-ran 2001, and the winner of 2001 this time around was Walla Walla, and I think they were the winner last time as well, but they, uh, they averaged something like 95, 96 wins per preplay. So I'm going to do 2002, or I'm going to talk about the results of 2002, um, the replays that I ran today. But first, I want to give you a very brief, uh, I want to give you a capsule of what happened in 2002. A lot of you, most of you, were not around then. JR was, of course, I was, Chad was, and Cooper was. All right, so a little bit of a a brief history lesson for those of you who uh, were there and and who were not there. All right, so I'll try to keep it short again. If you want the whole story, you can go to the uh, replay podcast of 2002 that JR and I recorded like nine years ago. So what happened in 2002? The RBA expanded We went from eight teams to 10. I think, uh, I think JR was pretty happy with how 2001 had gone with his eight team setup. He, um, you know, he was able to get through the season on a pretty good schedule, a pretty consistent schedule. I think he, he was playing, you know, two rounds a week or whatever it was. And very, very, he was very methodical, very, very on point. And everything went well. So he said, you know what, let's, expand. And he, uh, instead of picking from the HHA and the WGFL, my hockey league and Adam Slash Booker's um, football league, he decided to go to people he had known, I guess, in college. JR was still in college at this time. And uh, he chose, what did he ch- He chose Jared McCormick. Uh, Jared named his expansion team the Chicago Wave. So if you see these references to the Chicago Wave, they all date back to Jared's <laughs> Early years, uh, Jared's years, early in the league's history. And uh, Matt Cooper, he tapped to take the other expansion team, and Matt Cooper created the Las Vegas effect. He's obviously still with us today. Uh, a couple of other quick things. Fort, du- uh, Fort Duquesne, no, Fort Worth changed its name to Walla Walla. Adam was the head coach. So. No change other than sort of cosmetic there. And the Collins Ferry Cardinals became the Elm Grove Cardinals, and they're still the Elm Grove Cardinals to this day. Um, So we started the season, and very, very early on, very early on, we had what is now referred to as the walkout. This was the big story of 2002. Four of the ten teams just abruptly quit the league. Four out of 10, so imagine, right? You're excited, you've, you've decided that your league has gone well enough to expand, you've got 10 teams, you've just started the season, and 40% of your owners up and leave. So Booker left, uh, Booker was the, or had been, the Detroit, uh, whew, Detroit, no, they were the, what were they? Yikes, the Detroit Diggstowners. Um, Todd, the Milwaukee Mustangs, left. Scotty Olery, of the Scottsdale Scotties team, I kid you not, that was their name, left, and Jesse Kyle of the Tallahassee Apaches left. Those four. And J.R. had to look for a replacement for each of those teams. So he tapped Doug Punt, some of whom some of you will remember. Doug Punt took over Booker's team and named it the uh, Baltimore Brood. Pete Allen, good old Pete, who I referenced earlier, took over for Todd and named his team the Rockford Knights, uh, Jason Baines, I barely remember this guy, I think I met him once, took over for Scotty and named his team the Bethel Park Bombers, and John Christopher took over for Jesse's uh, Tallahassee Apache's team and renamed that team the Silver City Vultures. So pretty quickly, I don't think it took long at all, I don't remember, but I don't think it took long, pretty quickly we got those four uh, into the league and we had a full slate of ten owners once again, and... um and we were good to go. Now, uh, the season itself was incredibly boring. It was probably the most boring season that JR has ever played. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this like from JR's perspective. I remember him saying that this was just a painful season to play. I guess I'll explain why. Um, JR did try to create a little bit of excitement early on. I have an email. I actually have an email printed out from the 2002 season where JR referred to the big four teams. And uh, what he called the big four were Elm Grove, Arizona, Walla Walla, and Bethel Park. Now, again, I think he did that to try to create a little bit of excitement because it was really just the big two. Elm Grove at the top of the Larkin, Walla Walla at the top of the Pucket. Elm Grove had beefed themselves up by trading for Manny Ramirez. They traded five consecutive first-round draft picks for Manny Ramirez. I don't think he had a, I don't think he had a pick in O2. Two, So he traded his 03 through 07 picks. Either that or he didn't have a pick in 03 and he traded 04 through 08. But either way, he traded five first-round picks for Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez, of course, was just a beast back then. And he had definitely, easily the best team in the the Larkin division. Adam had easily the best team in the Puckett division. And um, the standings basically reflected that early on, but especially at the end. Elm Grove... Set a record that stands to this day. 58-23. 58 and 23. That is the best winning percentage we've ever had in the RBA. A couple teams have come close to breaking that record, but no one has. No one has even tied it. 58 and 23. Adam over in the Puckett division went 49 and 32. So not a completely dominant record, but a pretty dominant record. Obviously, 49 wins in an 81 game season is still pretty dominant. He won that division by 5 games. Elm Grove won the Larkin by uh, by 17. So Anyway, um, and then in the uh, championship, Walla Walla was defeated by Elm Grove to get Elm Grove their first of many championships, four games to two. Four games to two, and that was the first of the truly crazy RBA weekends involving growlers and all kinds of stuff. A growler is a, a massive amount of beer for anybody who doesn't know. Adam had one in each hand and Chad was obliterated as well and uh yeah it was a pretty sloppy series. Anyway, um so that was the actual 2002 regular season and playoffs. So, how about some replay results? How about some replay results? Okay. So, I'm going to go top to bottom uh division by division in terms of how these teams finished uh on the from this set of of replays, okay. So top to bottom, the uh, the new results, winning the Larkin Division with 106 wins on average, 106.0. Not surprising, uh, not surprisingly, is the Elm Grove Cardinals, a 654 winning percentage. They made the playoffs 20 out of 20 times. Just to compare. Uh, The first time that I ran these uh, replays, Elm Grove averaged 99.4. I'm doubling it to 162 games. The original replays I ran were were scaled to 81 games. So 99.4 increases to 106.0. And again, Elm Grove made the playoffs all 20 times. That is domination right there. Um, I should mention before we move on that in the original set of replays, Elm Grove did not win. They did not win the league. Walla Walla did. We will see if 106, which is a mighty powerful number, is enough to win at this time. 106.0. Second place in the Larkin division uh, is the Arizona Greenbacks. Not too surprising there. 84.7, though. That's a lot below 106, obviously. That's up slightly from the 82.6 that we averaged uh, in the original set of replays. No playoff appearances, of course, because Elm Grove got all 20. Our best result was uh, 93 and 67, and we still lost by seven and a half games. There were a couple of other times where we got to 90 wins and lost the division by like 20. So, so not very, not really close in any of these uh, in any of these uh, replays. I'm looking for Elm Grove's best. It looks like 112 and 49 was their best, at least at, at, at a quick glance here. Third place in the Larkin Division is the Baltimore Brood. This was Doug Punt's team. I'll try to mention the coaches. I think we all know who Home Grove is, and we all know who Arizona is. Baltimore again was Doug Punt. They took over for um, for Booker. They finished in the middle of the Larkin Division with uh, with an average win total of 75. Now this is a bit of a surprise, I think, because in the original set of uh, in the original set of replays they averaged 81.4, so they were. Kind of like the definition of an average team. All the way down to 75, about a six and a half win drop. That's about the same size, almost exactly the same size drop as Elmgrove's increase. So anyway, 75 for Baltimore. They do keep the middle spot in the Larkin division because fourth place was Pete. Good old Pete. Rockford. The Rockford Knights, named after The Natural and A League of Their Own, two baseball movies. Uh, Average 74 74.0 to Baltimore, 75.0. They were actually 77.4 in the original set of uh, replays. So like Arizona, Rockford pretty much held held steady. Um, Then we get to Las Vegas. Now, this is the end of the season Las Vegas effect. This is the Las Vegas effect after they had traded at least a couple members of their very strong, originally very strong bullpen to Walla Walla. And they may have traded one or two other players as well. I'm not sure. This was, the, um, this, was, <laughs> this was the much weakened Las Vegas effect at the end of the season. They were weak anyway because they were an expansion team, but they got weaker at the trade deadline or thereabouts. Anyway, Las Vegas finishes with 59.9 average wins. They just missed 60. Which again, for an expansion team, is not terrible. Fifty-nine point nine. That compares to fifty-nine point four in the original set of uh, replays. They almost were exactly the same. Obviously, no playoff appearances. Uh, let's see. Their worst. Uh, their worst outcome was. Uh, oh God, they had a forty-six and one fourteen uh, season. That's not good. All right, Puckett Division. Uh, not surprising, the winner of the Puckett Division is the Walla Walla Koalas, as I mentioned. JR may have talked about the big four teams, but it was really kind of the big two. Uh, Walla Walla uh, averages, let's see, Elm Grove had, was at 106.0. Can Walla Walla somehow beat 106.0? They averaged 106.1. I kid you not. And Walla Walla wins the 2002 replay. They won it the original time we did it. They win it again here, barely. They win it by like a game and a half or some ridiculous, like two games I think it was, over 20 replays, right? The the 0.1 difference. They went 2105, 2105 and 1109. Elm Grove went 2,104 and 1,112. So Walla Walla had one more win and three fewer losses than Elm Grove. So I guess a two-game difference in the quote-unquote standings over 20 seasons. So Walla Walla wins the uh, the 2002 replays that I just did And it's amazing for me to say that a 106 win team did not win the league, but that is in fact what just happened. That's what, (laughs) that's what I just saw happen. All right. Uh, second place, not a surprise. Bethel Park. Bethel Park. Now, this, this is a surprise though. Not that they finished second, but how they finished. 96.9. Jason Baines had a, at least by APBA baseball, standards or whatever by that program they had a pretty tremendous team 96.9 and they actually made the playoffs four times so 16 for Walla Walla four for Bethel Park the two teams at the top of the league did not have a clean sweep of playoff appearances here because again Bethel Park made it four times and they did have some 100 win uh they did have some 100 win outcomes all right, so this was easily the third best team in the league. Uh, the third best team in the pocket division, the Brooklyn Bashers. This was Steve Ullery. He would leave the league after the second season. He averaged 77 wins. That's down a little bit from 81.9. As a matter of fact, he finished second in the original set of replays. He finishes third here, drops by about four wins, five, uh, five wins. Uh, but 77's not terrible, of course. Uh, Silver City finishes in fourth. No surprise there, given the team that's left. Uh, Silver City finishes fourth with an average of 76.2, virtual tie with Brooklyn. He's down slightly from 79.9. So 76.2 again for Silver City. And then finally, the Chicago Wave. Jared McCormick, uh, the other expansion team. Could they do worse than Las Vegas's 59.9? The answer is Yes, 54.4, a full five and a half wins below Las Vegas. We sometimes talk about that 2002 Chicago team as being hilariously bad. They're not one of the absolute worst teams, like they're not one of the bottom five teams of all time, but they they might be bottom 10. Um, Anyway, 54.4. Uh, average wins for Chicago. That's pretty much right on line with the original result of 56.8. Quick mention, I I, I looked up the best and worst replays uh, for all the teams in the league. I mean, well, the best season anybody had was by Walla Walla. They went 116 and 45. You can imagine basically Elm Grove doing what they did in the actual season twice, like each half of the season, they would have finished 116 and I guess 46. Elm Walla Walla goes 116 and 45. Chicago had the worst outcome, 40 and 121 in the very last pre-play. 40 wins, 121 losses. That's, that's not good. Okay, so on to the next segment. On to the next segment. I told you there was a lot to cover this time. Uh, i 'll keep this one brief, but I am going to be introducing i mentioned this once before i 'm going to be introducing a replay champion where I sort of have a running thing where the the the, the winners of the two most recent seasons or whatever i 'll explain better but they 'll play in a they 'll play in a best of seven uh a best of seven series and we 'll just kind of go forward from there and and so each year that I run Replays. the winner of that set of replays will get to challenge the the current champion from seasons past, and we'll just go forward from there. This is not meant to be anything definitive. I'm not trying to figure out who absolutely was the best team, because if I were trying to do that, I wouldn't do a best of seven series. I would do a best of 7,000 series or something. So this is just for fun, and it's, again, not going to be very time-consuming, so that's important for me. Um, So what I'm going to do next time is I'm gonna start off with the results of the 2001 Fort Worth First Baseman playing against the 2002 Walla Walla Koalas. And that will establish a champion for the winner of 2003 to then play the following month. So every uh, podcast that I do for, for a while now is gonna kinda have three seasons involved in it. It'll be kinda needed. I think it'll give some continuity to the history of the RBA. I'm also going to do, because I thought of this and I thought it'd be fun, I'm going to do, in honor of Booker, I'm going to give out what Booker used to call the Triple Award, and Triple A stands for ASSERY, that's, that's A-S-S-E-R-Y, the ASSERY Achievement Award, so Triple Award is actually short for ASSERY Achievement Award Award, <sighs> Booker, 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 anyway, um, so I'm going to take the worst teams from 2001 and 2002, play them in a seven-game series against each other, and the loser will move forward proudly, right, chest held high, to face off against the loser, the worst team of the 2003 replays, which I have not yet run. So that that will be uh, the 2001 Tallahassee Apaches against the 2002 Chicago Wave. And we'll just move forward from there. So it'll be kind of cool every season to see if the previous winner can unseat the winner or or loser from before, should be fun, okay, finally, uh, a couple other very quick things milestones let 's talk about let 's talk about rba milestones i haven 't done this in a while, and I need to, I need to pull it up here okay milestones i 've got two major milestones to mention. I think some of these might be going back to the end of the last regular season, but uh, better late than never to honor these uh, these big milestones. The Middletown Mounties franchise, which started off as Brooklyn, that's Steve Ullery, then went to Louisville, then Buffalo, then Pittsburgh, and now Middletown. This team's been coached by everyone. The Middletown Mounties franchise recently won its 1,000th career game. This was actually at the end of last season. They currently stand at 1,010. 1,000 career wins for the Middletown franchise. Congrats to them. The Silver City Vultures franchise just this season, in fact, just recently, and won their 1,000th career game. They currently stand at 1,000 uh, 1,008 after the series with Arizona. So, but uh, but anyway, they reached 1,000 career victories. Now that does not include John Christopher because Tallahassee, as bad as they were in that first season, they did win 26 games. So John will get to a thousand probably next month. I'm guessing early July, sometime around there. Uh, as a coach, other milestones: the uh, Dunedin Clear Blues reached 800 wins toward the end of last season. I forgot to mention that. I don't think I sent an email at the end of the year. So they've, they've reached 800. They now stand at 820, actually. And, I mean, with a lot of luck, they could even get to 900 this year, but we'll see. And the Fort Duquesne franchise... Which was Chicago? Remember, I mentioned the expansion Chicago Wave. They became the Fort Duquesne Corsairs in 2008. I think it was 2009. I should say they've won. Uh, they recently won their 900th career game as a franchise. Uh, so they stand at 912 right now. And finally, I'd like to mention one milestone, one major milestone that will be reached this month: the Las Vegas effect and Matt Cooper. Only one franchise, only one coach, right, uh, for that franchise's history. Matt Cooper currently stands at 995 career wins. So he will almost surely reach 1,000 this month. In fact, if he doesn't, then that's quite a collapse. That's an Arizona-style collapse if he doesn't. He's at 995 career wins, 968 career losses as well. So he's going to reach 1,000 on both counts very soon. So that's it for milestones. I'm going to repeat now and answer for you. The trivia question. All right, so the trivia question was, what is the only team other than last season's Dunedin Clear Blues in RBA history to have gone eight and one in the playoffs? Obviously, this was a championship team. Okay, what's the only other team to have gone eight and one in the playoffs? And the answer to this trivia question is, uh, actually, it's an Arizona team. This was the second of my, to date, three championship uh, squads. This was the 2011 team. We swept Jeff Florian's State College Cows in the first round of the playoffs. Then we played John Christopher's State College, State College, uh, Silver City Vultures, at the end of the or in the championship and we beat them four games to one if i remember correctly i probably should remember this better i think though that uh, that elm that jesus that silver city beat us in game one and then we swept them after that so anyway that is the answer to your trivia question we have covered a lot folks and i think that what i'm gonna do is go ahead and uh, play us out here so till next time when we talk about 2003 and we get a little more into 2020 i'll see you then